Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, <laughs> no words, man. No words. So I guess I'll just go ahead and start out by saying our intro. Welcome to the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. Joining me today, my friend, my co-host, Corey Walsh of Fear the Sword. Corey, I don't even feel like I need to ask you, man, but I will anyways. How are you holding up? Uh, the wound's fresh, so I'm just going to go into the stages of grief. And I think the first one's denial. So that Miami <laughs> series is going to be fun, right, guys? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm going to skip right on ahead to acceptance. <laughs> For me, you know, watching that game, heading into the fourth quarter, I knew something was up because Trey Young, you know, he turned into Trey Young. He did what he does best. He made plays. They made timely shots. And the Cavs just could not keep up. And the one thing that I think both of us can agree upon is that they could not afford to get into a firefight offensively. And that's exactly what happened down the stretch. Uh, yeah, the uh, the halftime lead was very deceiving, to say the least. I, I felt like we were still riding high, a little uh, uh, apprehensive with the lead. But because Trey Young was playing so poorly, and I kept on thinking as the Hawks kept on missing all their open threes they had in the first half, that I'm like, you know, this like, and the Cavs just kept on hitting theirs. I was like, this could easily flip the script in the second half. And unfortunately, I guess I'm a cleric because that uh, seemed to be the exact switch that we watched in the second half. So that was brutal. <laughs> See, I can't even. Do, <laughs> I'm muted, just like last episode. I just feel I feel defeated in a sense in regards to watching this game. As always, from a seasonal standpoint, you know, it's great. This was a successful season in my eyes, from the top down view. You know, just bird's eye view of it all. It's a great season. This hurts. Bittersweet ending. Back to back play in losses. I mean. As always, my friend, there are always positive takeaways. We'll get into those here in a bit. But this was certainly something that I felt was within the Cavs' reach, and they just couldn't pull it out. Um, lift me up, man. Tell me something good. Tell me something good from this game. Uh, Lori Markinen looked fantastic, <laughs> especially Outs- yeah. outside that last possession that he had, the turnover. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, that was like such a quick split decision he had to make after getting the mm-hmm. the steal initially and then you I when I looked at they showed the replay Kevin Herter like sprinted across the whole 
court to try to get that ball. So I can't really fault Lori for instinctually deciding to pass it to Darius versus him thinking, you know what, I'm just going to bring this up myself because who knows how that would have turned out with it itself. I don't think we needed to see any uh, clutch Lori possessions <laughs> with him being the primary ball handler. That would have been brutal but yeah you know that if i had to look at positives i would say that the two bright spot well three bright spots were darius at times looked like he was in complete control of the game lori was hitting shots when needed to and mobley as usual was just such a steady presence for this entire game yeah i mean those are all great positives i can't disagree in that regard um lowry was great tonight fantastic 28 uh 26 points eight rebounds 10 to 17 from the field can six of his 12 three-point attempts and actually had the highest plus minus on the team tonight uh with plus eight and in this loss this 107 to 101 loss just tough anyway you look at it but um you know we know what we have to look forward to in regards to next season um, there, there are numerous calves that are going to need decisions made upon, um, you know, we're going to get into the, the decisions in, in regards to who, st- who should stay, who should go probably in a latter episode. So I'm not even going to get into all that, but what I will say is this, I want to get your opinion, your honest opinion on this, because I've seen both sides of the spectrum and, um, talking about a guy like Harris LeVert, who, you know, I don't think either of us were truly high upon before the trade, but I've almost taken it upon myself to really, truly defend the guy as of late, just mm-hmm. because I feel like he's taken a lot of uh, slander. Some of it warranted uh, from time to time, but I'm I'm starting to get the sense that people, you know, and this is not new. <laughs> Fans in general, typically in a loss, will look for a scapegoat. They will look for anybody to blame, and once they got that guy they can pick on, the insults just fly in. So my question for you <laughs> with saying all that is, what is your, give me your honest like take on Karis LeVert's tenure with the Cavs thus far, starting with tonight's game. I feel like tonight, if, we, if the Cavs won this game, we would have been like, Karis contributed in good spots because overall I think he had a decent game. He was aggressive when I felt like he needed to be. I feel like he had some clutch threes at times. I felt like him and Trey Young were going to engage in a shootout, it felt like, at one point. And he had some really nice passes tonight, too. Like, his vision can't be understated. He de- like definitely didn't suffer from his tunnel vision issues that we referenced last episode in this game. I felt yeah. like he was a very good complimentary piece, and he really buoyed the offense at times. Overall... Uh, Karis has been an up and down experience, obviously. I mm-hmm. think if I had to put like percentages on the ups versus the downs, I would say it's like 40% up, 60% down. I think that's fair. And I don't really see a way in which I feel like taking that sample size of Karis Silver and like just looking at it further down the road, you also have to keep in mind the injuries and how the team was never at full strength under him, which was not what the intention was when trading for him. I mean, obviously, I'm not referencing the guard injuries. I'm more referencing like Jared Allen being in the starting lineup or Mobley not being in the starting lineup at times. His primary pick and roll handler most games has been Moses Brown, who under a healthy team probably would see like five to ten minutes of the floor. Maybe that's probably being generous. But yeah, Karis LeVert, 
overall, like if we're going to do like the Bleacher Report draft grade system or trade grade system, I'd give the Karis LeVert trade now knowing we're getting that first round pick back. Mm-hmm. I'd give it like a, a, a C plus, I guess. Fair. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of my takeaway too. I, I, I could not grade it any higher to, uh, than that. My whole point with saying all this is this, man. People are expecting the guy to be Ricky Rubio. They're expecting the guy to be Colin Sexton equivalent. We knew he was never going to be that. Um, you know, hearkening back to our statement in regards to the trade, it's a less efficient, older, injury-prone version of Colin Sexton. Um, and I know that's that's kind of like totally selling on him. <laughs> like, uh, but at the same time, don't I be think, his agent <laughs> at the contract negotiations. <laughs> never. I think it, but it's to me, it's it just comes a point in time in which, man, just take a backseat, kind of chill out, stop trying to look for a scapegoat. It was a collective collapse tonight, and it it doesn't the blame doesn't go on just one guy. That's that's my point. It's like people were expecting way too much of this guy. Um, but that I'll go ahead and get off my soapbox in regards to Karis LeVert because we have other things to talk about in regards to this game. Uh, but that's one that really is starting to to, to burn me to my course just because I'm seeing way too much of that. Like, and cut the guy some slack, like. Guy was 5 of 13 from the field tonight, turned the ball over twice. Granted, he did have a few shot clock violations. That that kind of stung a bit. But it's we cannot exactly exalve other guys. DG went 9 of 27 tonight, and he had five turnovers himself. It wasn't yeah. perfect. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to say, if we're going to, like, I know we are huge Darius Garland fans on this pod. Obviously we both have the same exact Jersey. I just didn't wear mine today. Cause I felt like it was a bad luck charm for me when I wore it in the Nets game. Last you should have told me, you should have told me I wanted to put it on. Oh no. It's, I was saying for like pregame, but Darius, like it kind of felt like in this game that all the magic that Darius has had to buoy this Cavs offense all season like this was the showing of all right if Darius isn't on his A plus game what does this offense look like and it looks like a team that kind of was like uh kind of like a throwback to a LeBron led team where if LeBron wasn't on at times it's like well where is this offense going to come from now and we found out that if Lori wasn't hitting his shots and Karis wasn't hitting his shots pretty much nowhere is where that offense was going I mean, Rondo is really only effective on this Cavs team if other players are feeling themselves because his obviously his main objective is to be the facilitator. And what, where, where is Rondo going to facilitate if no one else is wanting to shoot? I don't know if you've taken a look at the box score tonight, but let me just run this past you. First off, minute totals, DG 43, Levert 40, Evan Mobley 37, Markin 37, Allen 36 in his return since what early March. Nobody played, nobody in the starting lineup played below 36 minutes. And what's crazier to me, and your point in regards to Rondo, Rondo got 15 minutes tonight. Even more astounding, in a bad way, Kevin Love stalled the floor for 10 minutes tonight. That can't happen. That that's to me, that's that is a JB mistake. And you know, I don't often talk um down about you know jb bickerstaff uh but that to me the rotation to me could have used a little bit of variance tonight do you agree yeah i don't know necessarily if i would want it have wanted more kevin love minutes because if we're talking like what you said earlier about this being a firefight Mm -hmm. at times 
Kevin Love being on the floor, probably instead of Mobley or Laurie or even Jared at times, basically invites firefights because he's defensively not good (laughs) at all. So even though, because like the minute Capella went out, you knew they were going to go smaller. And that's pretty much what we saw. I mean, DeLon Wright basically turned into like a Patrick Beverly incarnate in this game, (laughs) just hounding us the entire game. And if Kevin was on the floor, who was Kevin going to really match up against like Danello? And then, I mean, they identically play the same pretty much for these respective teams, but it just invites more of a offense V offense game. And the Cavs, as we all know, are a defensive identity led team. I would have probably wanted Lamar minutes personally to say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably where I would want more, would have wanted more of the minutes to come from. Maybe I, I, I feel like we could not have not had Rondo play because that would mean that Darius would have been on the floor a lot more. I'm not surprised we didn't see Jetty at all. And I'm not surprised we didn't see Dylan at all. <laughs> we knew that was, yeah, we knew Dylan was, uh, Dylan was going to be a no show today. Same with Moses. Um, I really was, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really was taken a bit aback by love only seeing 10 minutes given with his experience and he still can hit the three ball. I mean, we're talking about offense here and I get it. There's a trade off. There's a clear trade off when you're playing him, you're sacrificing defense, for offensive firepower. Uh, but to me, I mean, what ended up happening, really this game encapsulated is Trey Young. 38 points tonight in total, 13 to 25 from the field, 411 from three. Trey Young just did what he does, man. I can't stand that, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't either. Uh, it's just, he. but you have to respect his game. You know, yeah, you can I, turn it on. I don't want this to turn into like just me, everyone thinking like, I hate Trey young, the person I hate Trey young, the antics I don't like. And his like grifting offensively is what really bugs me. His antics and his play style are what I hate. I don't hate. I love, I love having like that type of heel on a team. I think it really allows other players on our team to really want to like beat that team even more. Because of like, imagine if the face was like Kevin Herter for the Hawks. Like, what were you really going to get out of a Kevin? <laughs> I don't think that makes players wake up wanting to crush the Hawks. But obviously, Trey Young first half was awful, which kind of looked exactly like how he looked in the Charlotte game, and then yeah. he just turned it on. And that's pretty much what the the halftime show was saying to Will Bond and Jalen Rose. Yeah. Yep. Except for Greeny. Goddamn Greeny. <laughs> Telling Listen, everyone. <laughs> I'm not even going to shit on Greeny because Greeny at least had the balls to go out on national television and say that he believed in the Cavs, which is something that not many national you know, media members would have gone out on a limb and say, you saw it. You saw it tonight. <laughs> Although we lost um, – it was great to see somebody have a vote of confidence for Cleveland, but they all knew what Trey Young is capable of, and he did exactly that. Trey Young took some ridiculous shots. That that one where he kind of had Karis stumbling and decided to pull it from the sea mm-hmm. at like that, I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And then- he did that. I the funny thing about that is is that I literally had just tweeted about something Karis LeVert related in regards to, you know, the defense. And then Trey Young goes out there and has him stumbling. And then he not shoots the lights out. Um, that was bad. Yeah. But I feel like the huge Trae difference Young? was, is that initially in the first quarter or first half, 
they kind of I I tweeted out like that it kind of seemed like Trey Young had like a sniper dot on his forehead offensively in the first half because the Cavs were just going at him physically attacking him the whole time. That's the Carrot, way to get to him though, right? Yeah, and then that really did work. And then the, then the Hawks basically did the same thing for us where they wanted, except they wanted to put uh, Trey on Lori the entire time. Because he knew that he could get past Laura. He wasn't going to get past him shooting, but he would attack the glass instead. And then that allowed Trey to get into the groove where he decided, I'm going to start pulling up from my three-point range. Because, I mean, I feel like everyone thinks of Trey Young kind of as like an efficient three-point shooter. I I don't necessarily see him that way. I think of him as a very streaky shooter that, like, if he gets going is dangerous. But, like, as we saw in the first half, like, he's not like Steph where anytime he's open, you're like, oh, shit, this is going This guy can make from any range. But it was clear that he had, like, when he takes those confidence threes – uh, you just you never know what can happen, man. And unfortunately, tonight that's what ended up happening in the latter stages of the game. And uh, to Kelly, Ellie's uh, point right here, you know, defending Young was going to be the difference between a win and loss. I don't blame Lavert. I blame the coach. Those that's a big words right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think everybody deserves fair share of blame tonight. Um, but I don't know if tonight was more so about the Cavs' inability to. Uh, to step up to the plate when it mattered most, or if it was literally just about Trey Young and the Hawks taking over. I mean, I don't know. I, I I could just be speaking in the moment, but I feel like these past two play-in games have told me a lot about this Cavs bench more than mm-hmm. it's told me about the starting five. And it's that outside of Kevin Love, it's kind of like a patchwork effort from the bench it's been like that all season though yeah but like we've been riding the high of like the cavalanches and being like oh when jetty's on this offense is dangerous <laughs> off the bench when lamar's playing well it's very dangerous but like you take a step back from like take off our cavalier uh fandom lenses our wine and gold <laughs> yeah. and be like huh you know if you ask someone else who's like a fan of like the nets being like oh look at our bench and they're yeah, like your oh. bench fucking sucks that's what they yeah, would they, say they'd be like what, what are you getting out of this fence outside of uh getting a peak year from kevin love right now and you're like uh uh Lamar Stevens hits a pretty cool mid-range jumper sometimes. <laughs> they would tell us these motherfuckers ain't giving a shit. That's what they would tell us outside of K-Love and maybe a, uh, you know, an offensive renaissance every now and then from Rajon Rondo, if you can even call it that. Yeah, so to, to defend JB, my point being is that, like, well, even though we played all of our starters, like, 40 minutes, I mean – it wasn't like we had that many more bench options where you threw them in and you would have been like, all right, this is a difference maker because we yeah. already saw in the Nets game, we gave Jetty a ton of minutes and he gave us zero points. Did you really want to risk Jetty going out there again? And like, it's the Kevin Love point I just said repeated. Like if he wasn't hitting his shots, he can't, it's like a firefight, but you brought a water hose instead of a flamethrower. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is what it is in regards to the bench. The Cavs are kind of playing with house money as it is, suffering as many injuries as they did this season. And we know heading into next season, it's going to look completely different. Uh, we know that this the rotation is going to be heavily scrutinized heading into next season because there's going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made. Um, you know, like I said, we'll get into that in a different episode. This is really just post game. Um, but, you know, again tonight, just like against Brooklyn, this is a game tailor-made for a guy like Colin Sexton. Um, saw a lot of that being tweeted around. I think I got into it myself a little <laughs> bit, but it's true, man. It's like 
And whatever you think this guy is worth contractually, one thing that is undeniably true is his penchant for showing up in big games like this. I cannot wait until that guy comes back. I, I really can't. Yeah, apparently he was getting uh, shots up before the game started. So, you know, I was like, yeah. you know, maybe at halftime. <laughs> well, I was like, thinking you know, my, the thought process that was going through my head was if the Cavs make it deep enough, maybe out of the blue, maybe some wonderful, like just just some God, something ordained from God that comes down and Colin Sexton suits up in, in a playoff series. Um, I don't know. But obviously that was a pipe dream. <laughs> Yeah, speaking uh, but, of injuries, though, I wanted to know what you were thinking about uh, Jared Allen's debut for from a month absence because I have I, I I had mixed feelings, but I want to hear you go first. Well, I'll I'll start off by saying this: I felt heading into this game that this is a perfectly winnable game without the services of Jared Allen if the Cavs could keep the uh, keep the Hawks off the glass and limit second chance opportunities, defend the three point line, and in the first half, those things were happening. Um, you saw them hold at one point. Atlanta had been like, I want to say, three of 13 from the three-point line, and I mm-hmm. really felt good about their chances of continuing that streak. And then I felt even better about uh, rebounding, you know, uh, stepping up on the defensive glass when Clint Capella went down. But in regards to Jared, he needed to be out there. Um I felt in order just and not just from a physical standpoint, seeing him step out there honestly looked like it reinvigorated everybody, looked like it united everybody. It looked like it lit a flame under everybody after that loss. And although he only provided 11 points and three rebounds, which is not a Jared Allen stat line by any means, he went out there and showed true grit. He showed determination and he gave what he could. And I have to respect that. Yeah, that's like, that's kind of like how I felt. Like I felt like his presence out there was the most important thing that he brought because you could definitely tell that hand was still bothering him. I mean, there were times where you can tell he kind of shielded that left hand away. I mean, even in the like uh, the beginning of the game when he's going around giving everyone high fives, if he mm-hmm. would have given it with his left hand, he like reached over with the right just to make sure that left you, was getting as little you contact You can still as clearly possible. see that he, he was still in pain. Yeah, and – I, I'm obviously not going to sit here and be like, Jared, you wasted our time with uh, your, your thanks for sacrificing your finger. Yeah, who the fuck else are you going to put out there? Like, uh, I no, mean, he was so important. I mean, yeah. his height alone and length just provides so much defensive versatility. The defense re- truly felt like it came back, even though we probably got like 25% of what Jared Allen yeah. brings to a night to night basis just by him being there. Cause like it allowed Mobley to kind of return to that free safety role of just kind of moving around. And we haven't really been having any of that. And it made Lori look a lot better too, just being back at the three. Cause Lori at the four hasn't been the most beautiful experience. It's weird to say that as he yeah. is a natural power forward, be like, you know, what's natural for him <laughs> playing the three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JB Biggerstaff and that tall lineup has kind of re- rerouted my thought process on what natural looks like. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to be white finish and seven foot. Exactly. <laughs> You're an ideal small forward for the Cavaliers. There you go. You I um, can play for the Cavaliers. That Finland, <laughs> you, you have a, a specific spot. If you have like a young Finnish boy who's supposed to be seven feet. Um, yeah, I, I thought Jared, I'm glad he came back. 
thank you, Jarrett, for giving your best effort. I, I'm sorry that you definitely were not at full strength, though, and this Cavs team definitely missed your offensive presence more than anything else. Because, like, yeah, the rebounds were really bad, too. Because you, could, I saw times where he didn't even try to, like, attempt to go for a no. board solely because, like, he knew he was going to have to grab it with his left hand, I felt like. Which I'm not, I'm not like gonna sit here and attack him for that because who who am I to attack Jared Allen for playing with a broken finger? Yeah, I mean, you saw all types of Twitter doctors out there, and we we are by no means doctors. We don't know proper, you know, we don't know what the team and the staff is saying in regards to his injury, and it says a lot about him that he wanted to be out there. Um, I'm I'm sure that. Nothing probably, you know, short of a, a broken hand entirely would have stopped him from being out there tonight. But it was clear he was in pain and you did not see a, a normal Jared Allen out there. And that's OK. Um, you know, I there really honestly was no option behind him. We've all we've seen everything we've needed to see in regards to Moses Brown. And this is not although I like Moses Brown and I want him to develop with the Cavs. And I'm sure we'll see him in the summer league, as you said last episode. This is not the time. This is not time for him. And you literally had nobody else. I mean, you look down the Cavs bench, Ed Davis, <laughs> uh, literally <laughs> nobody else. And so to Jace uh, Winziki, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, um, <laughs> to, to their point, Jetty and Lamar Stevens had no play time tonight. Um, of those guys, I mean, certainly felt as if Lamar could have provided something, at least from a defensive standpoint. Uh, but Jetty, I understand Jetty not playing tonight. Yeah, Just I'm um, very curious to know. Obviously, we'll discuss at a different point what Jetty, his outlook is going to be, because he is definitely the most like I feel like <laughs> after us going on this emotional roller coaster with Jetty this year of very highs, not as many lows and not as deep of lows as I felt like we saw before. But <sighs> it weirdly feels like we're in the same exact spot we were with Jetty last season where we're like, is he going to be on the team next year? <laughs> If or I is he going to be the same role? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I got my beer right now, uh, despite the loss. So I'll step out on a limb and I'll say this. I give Jetty Osmond a 40% chance to remain in Cavalier next season. I think he'll be on the team because that contract's so team friendly. But I also I Packages. don't think I don't think he'll be a, a seven like the seventh man. I think that's now Karras's spot on this team. Mm-hmm. If you it all hinges upon Colin Sexton returning and whatever happens with the draft. Um, oh, I yeah, in my mind, I have Colin still on the team. <laughs> I do too. I, I honestly believe, as I've told you uh, numerous times, I believe Colin comes back on a one-year deal and not um, a long-term extension. Um, I'm not ruling it out, but I certainly see him returning on a one-year prove-it deal to kind of, even if he doesn't um, after this next season, even if he doesn't return with the Cavs, I could see him reestablishing his value. Although in a crazy way, I felt like his absence has, in a, in a way, kind of established some of that value for him. Um, yeah. You can clearly see the Cavs need a player like that. So I, I can't wait till this guy comes back. But um, to get back to the point, yeah, if, Je- if Colin comes back, I definitely don't see Jetty within the rotation. You have pretty much your core under contract right now, and there's Garland. Um, you're, you obviously have Isaac Okoro, whether or not he's star tree, comes off the bench, and he's kind of interchangeable with Karis LeVert. So however you want to go with that, you got Lowry, you got Evan Mobley, you got Jared Allen. Um, one would assume that you still have Kevin Love um, in rotation. And at that point, it gets kind of dicey. 
because you could you can throw minutes at Lamar Stevens. Uh, you got Dean Wade coming back, which is great. We love that guy. There's so many opportunities uh, for guys to kind of step into this rotation, but unfortunately, I do not see Jetty being one of them. Yeah, I um, I also I'm just gonna go on a limb, also not having a beer right now because I I didn't know this was gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna the, send you the one, bro. I got you, Stella Artois. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> Matt going bougie over here. I uh, I. I'm going to go on a limb and say we're not using that draft pick. It's going to get traded Package. for something. Yeah. With Jetty. You oh, man. I can definitely see that. I don't even know if it's going to be with Jetty. I think it could be with like, it could be with Karis, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to be with one of those players. I guarantee you we don't use that. I don't see the It'll need for another young player. If they get it. If they do, what I've been telling people is if they do end up drafting, that player may not even see the rotation this upcoming season either. I mean, the one thing this team needs is an offensively minded wing that can also defend. So that's not going to be in the middle of the draft. So <laughs> unless you're gonna, guys, yep, it's going to be like borderline. Like, cause I, th- like, I think if I'm remembering correctly, like around the 12th pick was like Chris Duarte. What are your thoughts on EJ Liddell? I uh, I I can't sit here and pretend like I know a ton about EJ Liddell, but based off of Twitter, every Cavs person I know seems to also be an Ohio State fan and wants <laughs> EJ Liddell on this team <laughs> more than life itself. I mean, I definitely can see a future in which EJ is on the team, but if it means if my decisions are packaging that said first rounder with a Karis or with a Jetty, um Certainly, really, because you could really say that about many of these guys who are not considered core players. I mean, you have your untouchables in my eyes and Darius Garland, Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. And then you have your core and then you have your rotationary pieces. You guys, the guys who you think will be absolutely a part of next season in Colin Sexton, uh, Isaac Okoro. Um, if you want to lump Kevin Love in there. Uh, but anybody outside of that, all bets are off. I mean, you could just as easily see Dean Wade, Jody Osmond, Lamar Stevens, a bunch of these. Karis LeVert, you could see a bunch of these guys packaged with that deal to try and bring in somebody. If Lamar Stevens or Dean Wade are traded mm-hmm. off this team, I might I might go into a mental asylum. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying, bro, I'm not saying I condone it. I'm not saying that I'm with it. I'm just saying I could see it because – Honestly, they're not core. They're not Lamar and Dean are core to me, Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dean is will always be in our hearts, even though he ignores us. Um, (laughs) If Dean Wade gets traded, I'm just going to say it's because he hasn't been on the pod. So, Dean, if you really value your spot, show it by coming on uh, the (laughs) non-flagship Cavalier (laughs) podcast, man. Yeah, yeah, we are not locked on. We are not chased down, but certainly growing here. And I appreciate the people who do follow us. Dean Wade, I hope you eventually make your way. And now that the offseason's coming up, you're asking. You have a lot of free time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that said, um, man, it's just a tough loss, tough all the way around. Um, I want this team to learn from this, and I think they will. Those back to back playing losses against Brooklyn and Atlanta, they're certainly much to be learned um development was had by just about everybody this season and as i said to begin this is a successful season in my eyes although bittersweet i i'm gonna you know right now 
I'm going to say it's a bittersweet season. But if I take a step back, probably like if you, next t- episode, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be like, man, this season was a ton of fun regardless. Because if you really look at it, even just like, right, I thought about this as like the seconds finally went to zero in this game. Mm-hmm. I was like, we played close in two play-in games against not terrible teams. <laughs> Fuck, man, it, this is, these are playoff games. I don't give a fuck what they say. These, these are playoff games. This was a playoff atmosphere. The Atlanta Hawks, they're, they're a playoff team. They showed it. Brooklyn, if they had a healthy Kyrie and a head straight on Kyrie, they would not be in the play-in. And, and a non-herniated disc slash head straight on Ben Simmons. <laughs> exactly. And you know, there's news that that guy's going to suit up, uh, what, in the late first round or maybe second? I don't know. But the point is, is that both of those teams are very good. They have featured top 50 players, all of them. Uh, well, both of them. And it's just, it's just one of those things. You know, Cleveland is a very young, inexperienced team, and they hung in there. Not many teams can say that they boast three of the ESPN.com's top 25 players under 25. (laughs) Here's a question for you, and I'm going to put a poll out here in a minute. Is Darius Garland a top 30 player in the NBA? I mean, off the top of my head, I would like to say yes. But if I, like, got a list out in my head, he'd probably be, like, hovering around that spot. I don't I, I once again don't know off the top of my head I, as much as I know everyone's dying to know each of our top 30 players in the league. <laughs> Wait till next episode. Many. That's offseason material. Yeah, I've had too many beers tonight to Stellas. Exactly. Try to do that. Um, I think I've but, had too many St. Paulies tonight. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to put that out here in a minute. See what Twitter has to say. But uh, certainly a lot of development from here from him this year in his third year. A lot of comparisons can be made to Cleveland point guards past and present. Kyrie Irving, we just saw that last game. Mark Price, very comparable third Mo years. Mo Williams. <laughs> Fucking Mo Williams. I love Mo. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> drag Mo to nah, dirt look, like I, no, there's no slight against Mo. I like him, but he he was carried on the coattails of LeBron. I don't think he deserved that all-star berth, but he got it. NBA champ slash all-star Mo Williams, might I add? <laughs> both. He owes both to LeBron. <laughs> That's what you think. That's another <laughs> off-season episode. <laughs> God, we have too much going in the works right Terrell now. Terrell Brandon, yes. A la uh, Dr. Claw 77 here. Terrell Brandon was a hell of a player. Faithful listener, Dr. Claw. All right. I mean, if we're going to throw guys like that in there, we can talk about uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Jared Jack. Not, yeah, Jared Jack, CJ Miles, guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm, Everyone drop your favorite non-famous Cavalier point guard in the comments, so we'll just rattle them off randomly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Deli! <laughs> all in all, yes, Cavs legend Matthew Delvadova. What could he use some of his heart tonight? We could have used some game, of that defensive tenacity. Game, what? Game? Is it two? Game two and Deli? three. Yeah. yeah, game two and three, Deli, of the 2015 finals was like – We've never seen. I don't. At to that point, we had never seen such a gutty effort from like a a guy who was never expected to be like the starter to be. After that it. game, I would have tattooed Matthew Delvadova's entire face on my back and never regretted that tattoo. <laughs> Bro, we, we all know as Cavs fans, and really, just if you're being objective about that series in particular, Golden State fans know. Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love never get hurt. 
that's that's Cavs in five games. That's a Cavs <laughs> win in five games if you had a healthy Kyrie and Kevin Love. Not a sweep. I think even well, with Kyrie, that would have been a very like a Cavs series. With one of them, even Kev. I mean, pre Durant days, this team could have easily won two championships. Uh, but unfortunately. That dude we uh we all despise Kelly Olynyk had to rip somebody's shoulder out and then Kyrie had a fracture his kneecap. God damn it! Just, hey. I'm not. <laughs> hey, you know at least Kelly was establishing his WWE career <laughs> because he definitely looks like he could be in that atmosphere when he, he retires does, one he? day. Yeah. Oh man, we're spiraling here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's talk about anything but the game. All right. Exactly. Um. I don't know, man. I don't. I, I want to be able to just take a step back and enjoy this season as a whole. Tonight, I'll probably be able to do that once things are kind of settled in. And as I said, I've I've already skipped to the acceptance stage here that the Cavs just weren't ready. Uh, via whether it be injury or just the moment being too big or just Trey Young being fucking Trey Young, but this this team. Very bright future. Very, very bright future. I'm super excited about the direction they're heading in um, once they get back to full strength. And who knows what the offseason might hold. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts, my friend? I hope Trey Young goes bald. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's close. I mean, his hair is the most pubie hair on a man I've seen in a while. (laughs) Shots fired. Shots fired. You know what? We take enough shots at Dylan Windler on this podcast, and I love Dylan Windler, so I'm going to just take a drive-by shooting onto Trey Young while I can. But oh, by the man. way, Trey, I hope you have a great time in the postseason. You'll probably win two games against the Heat, so good stuff. Jeez Louise, man. I, that's some fire right there. <laughs> I don't think me and Trey were online to be best <laughs> friends after this. <laughs> you just so. loaded the clip. and I'm, I mean, seriously, you unloaded on that guy. Um, that said, you know, as we always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be a part of the exclusive it's Cavalier discord chat, let's see if I can get through this this time. <laughs> the beard does not help. You know what to do. This pod was not brought to you by Stella. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot that, send it to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and we will personally invite you to the Discord chat. Just jumping in there. Y'all don't know what y'all fucking This offseason, this Discord chat is about to be revamped oh, it's entirely. Gonna yeah, I, I have no doubt in my mind the Discord chat is going to be popping this offseason, whether it be people just venting, bullshitting around, I don't know, but y'all need to do something. <laughs> y'all need to get in there. I feel like right now it's still the Wiss, Will Smith. Oh my God, Will Smith meme of him just in the living room that's all empty by itself. Oh, that's it. Certainly is. Uh, that said, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Have a good night. <laughs>